And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having a wonderful Wednesday. I'm here with Cassandra Fairbanks. She's a journalist and also an activist who has always really stood up for WikiLeaks. And I really think that, first of all, Julian Assange should have a Wi-Fi. That's one of the biggest crimes against humanity. They took the internet away from one of the best people on Twitter. But his story is much deeper, and Cassandra knows a lot. I feel like a traitor because I haven't talked about it. So I brought Cassandra on to really let us know What's going on with WikiLeaks? What's going on with Julian Assange? She just visited the embassy and got a lot of footage. I was watching it yesterday. Cassandra, thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I'll just let you get into it. I won't even waste people's times. What's going on? I know there's a lot. I don't know where, where you want to start, but the last once they took Julian's Wi-Fi away and then there's like all these stories like this is happening, that's happening. I just don't know what's going on anymore, but I want to support. So let, where should we start? All right. Um, well, today they just announced that um, some people in Spain have been trying to extort WikiLeaks for $3 million. Um, they got surveillance footage, photos of his legal documents, pictures of him meeting with his doctor, all kinds of stuff. And they were trying to get WikiLeaks to buy it for $3 million. Um, so that happened today. And obviously this wouldn't have been possible if Ecuador hadn't allowed um, more cameras to be put in to spy on him. So this is like the newest thing that's happening. I feel, feel like I should mention that first, but the story is like a lot deeper than that. Um, he's, as you said, he's been gagged and isolated for a, over a year now. Um, they took away his Wi-Fi. They um, are not letting him comment on politics at all. He's not allowed to express any political opinions. He can't talk to anybody about his the conditions that he's being that he's living in, in the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, I visited him on March 25th. It's my third time visiting. And the situation has gotten considerably worse. Um, I visited him the first time last year and things were relatively casual. We were allowed to walk around the embassy. We could speak privately. Um, we were allowed to, you know, to have a conversation as like journalist to journalist without having people blatantly looking over our shoulders and things like that. Then when I visited in January, they tried to force us to stay in this conference room that has cameras on like every angle and microphones. And um, so we ended up having to resort to passing notes to be able to speak privately. Um, and then it was, you know, we, we attempted to get out of the room and we tried to go to another office that had less cameras and they came up charging and were like no you need to go back to the conference room so it was already like things were already getting worse in january and then when i visited in march um just a couple weeks ago things were a whole different layer of bad um they wrote on my approval letter from the ambassador because he now has to get approval from the ambassador to have friends or journalists or anybody visit him um, and you have to provide Ecuador with like a, a swath of data. You have to give them your social media accounts, your employer, your employer's address, your address, your IME and I, I number for your cell phone, your serial numbers. You have to give them everything in order to be able to go in. But um, they finally approved me. But the ambassador wrote in bold letters on my approval letter that we had to stay in the conference room and that I was only permitted to visit from three o'clock to five o'clock. So I got there a couple minutes early um, because I didn't bring my phone because I didn't want to provide Ecuador with all my data. Um, 
and I was six minutes early and they looked at my sheet and they were like, no, come back at the proper time. And I was like, but I don't have a phone. Um, so I ended up having to, to just keep knocking on their door and being annoying. But at that point I could already tell that they were, um, they were upping the ante and like making things more uncomfortable than they already were. Um, so then when I got inside, they searched me and then they put me in the conference room and the conference room is basically a fishbowl. I mean, the amount of Orwellian black cameras in that room is, is insane. But, um, I saw Julian walk by cause the door was open and they stopped him from coming into the room and told him that he would have to submit to a full body search before he would be allowed to visit with me, which has never happened in the seven years that he's been in the embassy. They've never made him do that for any other visitor. Um, and he protested it and said that it was undignified and that there was no reason for it. And that I was just, it was a journalist meeting with another journalist and that there, it, you know, they didn't need to do this. Um, and then at that point, the Ecuadorian government or the, the officials slammed the door shut. So I was like, all right, I'll just hang out here then. And um, about 20 minutes passed and I went to go and check the door so that, cause I was going to go out and see what was going on and why my visit was not happening. And I was, it turned out I was locked in the room. So I went to the other door and that one was locked as well. So they, they uh, trapped me in this room and then I heard Julian outside fighting with the the embassy staff saying that um, they're preventing him from describing the illegal treatment that they're they're doing to him to a journalist privately and that they want us in the surveilled room so that um, they can spy on us <laughs> and that it's it's wrong because he's not a prisoner. He has asylum, but they've turned it into a proxy prison. And then at this point, his lawyer came in to try and update me on the situation and they forced him to go through a full body search to come in to speak to me. And then a little while later, the, 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 um, the staff came and they got me and they said that the ambassador was going to speak to Julian in the room, the heavily surveilled room, and that I had to go wait in the lobby. So I went out there and I heard Julian and the ambassador get into a a very heated argument and Julian accused the ambassador of being an agent of the U S government. Um, he said that they were, they were, they didn't want him to speak to me because they didn't want him to be able to express his mistreatment and the illegal actions that they're doing to him. And he said that, you know, they, they, they removed all these protections that they had there to protect the ambassador. Um, from spying so that the U.S. government would be able to spy on Julian easily. And um, the ambassador told him to shut up. <laughs> and Julian said, I know you want me to shut up. Your president has already gagged me. Um, and obviously that's prevented him from doing journalism. It's prevented him from speaking out against what they're doing to him in the embassy. Um, Ultimately, I ended up only being able to meet with Julian for eight minutes because they still threw me out at five o'clock. Um, yeah, and so then, fast, fast forward a little more, um, on Friday, Wiki, well, on Thursday, I believe, WikiLeaks announced that they had sources, two high-level Ecuadorian officials, 
or sources had told them that the Ecuadorian government was preparing to expel him from the embassy within hours or days. So with two hours notice, I hopped on a flight back to London and I went to the embassy and there were police, there was a heavy police pr presence. Um, armed police kept stopping by, big police vans. Um, I kept chasing after them and filming them. <laughs> there was an insane amount of unmarked cars with undercover officers. I confronted many of them. Um, I started writing down their plate numbers and how long that they had been there. One car sat there for 20 hours and they had three different groups of two people go through. Um, yeah, there was just, a, there's a lot happening and I, I feel like what they're doing to him is psychological warfare. Absolutely. Sorry for ranting for so long. <laughs> no, th thank you. I wanted to hear that. I have two questions because, um, well, three actually. We'll start with, you saw Julian, right? Because uh, people, of course, people are saying he's this, he's that. So you saw him within the last two weeks? Yes. Other questions are, who's doing this? Because I remember when Julian had a Twitter and it's so annoying to me because his takes, even when he was opposing Trump, he just seemed like one of the most logical, like a normal liberal who was just calling it like he's, he was one of the best and most intelligent Twitter accounts. It's a shame that they, they're pressuring him like this, but who's doing it? Cause I remember him saying, oh, I think Lenin will be more pro me. And I think that's the guy who won in, in Ecuador. And then it seems like it, it's gotten worse since he got elected. So is it Ecuador? Is it the United States pressuring them? Who do you think's doing this? Well, I don't think that he thought Lenin would be for him because Lenin campaigned pretty hard on expelling Julian from the embassy. Um, Lenin is a very bad man, <laughs> very, very bad man. And he's basically a puppet for the US government. So what happened, what's going on is that Ecuador wants IMF, IMF loans and they were basically trying to sell Julian Assange to the U.S. government in exchange for these loans. And he's been meeting with people like Pence, which is one of the highest officials that has ever met with an Ecuadorian president. Um, and what's going on basically is the U.S. government is pressuring Ecuador to get Julian out of the embassy so that he can be extradited here. I mean, as you probably know, uh, um, Chelsea Manning is currently sitting in jail because she refused to testify against Julian Assange. So in a secret grand jury, they're ramping up. I mean, I'm not one to praise Obama very much, <laughs> but he had, he had decided that he wasn't going to pursue WikiLeaks very hard because of the New York Times problem. And that means that if they went after WikiLeaks, they would have to go after outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Post because all media relies on scoops and secrets. Um, now it seems that the Trump administration, particularly Pence and Pompeo, are really not taking that into consideration and want to prosecute Julian. Yeah, because the truth about it is that he doesn't steal the information. He's not doing anything illegal technically. He's been 100% accurate, which is more than any other of these news sources. They've done leaked information just like he has. His is usually just better and more influential and sometimes honestly like better as far as like for the people like, wow, I didn't know all that corruption was going on. So that's the main misconception is that Julian is hacking and he's stealing, but he's actually just receiving and people know he built something where if you got a scoop, you go to him. So that's right, right? He doesn't steal it. He doesn't hack. He only just releases it as if he's his own publication because he is. Right. I mean, he's a publisher. He's an award-winning publisher. He's nominated for the 2019 Nobel Peace Prize. Um, 
he's never had to issue a correction or a retraction. There's no other media outlet that can say that. Um, and yeah, there is a huge misconception. Like people who, for instance, were against the Manning leaks will, you know, conflate the fact that Julian was, Julian was the publisher, Manning was the leaker. You can be against leakers and still believe in a free press and the right to publish. Um, they're, it's separate things. And what he's done is actually protected. It's supposed to be protected by the First Amendment. Um, there's a thing called the Burt Necke First Amendment test. It was a Supreme Court case um, in which the Supreme Court ruled that publishing stolen or hacked materials is fine unless you are the one who stole it. And Julian has never been accused of being the one who stole it. So it he should be protected under our First Amendment. Unfortunately, and, he's not. And Chelsea, not, not to throw Chelsea under the bus or anything, but he was the one who leaked the information and he's been treated better. Uh, I, I mean, he still doesn't, like you said, he's in jail now simply for not going against Assange. So it's like if the leaker went against Assange or just wasn't part of that specific ordeal, he's fine. So they're actually treating the people who do hack and steal some sometimes better than him just because he's so effective, probably. Right. He terrifies them. Like somebody said to me while I was out outside the Ecuadorian embassy, I stayed outside all night um, for three nights just to make sure that nothing was happening. But um, somebody had tweeted at me, like, just remember, as scared as you are right now, the governments that are doing this to him are are a hundred times more afraid of Julian. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> so. For sure. And you're courageous for doing that. I mean, even talking about this stuff is, you know, they try to say you're this, you're that. They, they really try to crush everyone. I remember when they first started the fake Russia investigation because they lost and couldn't figure out why. Um, they said that Breitbart and Infowars were possibly Russian and they got investigated by the FBI. And it's like, you could not like Breitbart or Infowars, but Alex Jones is American as apple pie. You could say he's lying, telling the truth. He's crazy. He's not crazy. That's up for you. But he, I mean, I don't I don't think anybody in his 30 years of radio journalism has ever thought he was Russian. So it's like they're willing to put that label on people if you go near certain stories like WikiLeaks is one of them. I was telling you this got demonetized before it came out, which is a first for a live stream. I've never had it get demonetized before I even launched it. But um, this is a question I have that um, they call everyone Russian, but they, they're saying that Julian's working for the Russian government, like, and and people, his top critics will say, well, he never leaks anything on, on Russia. What's, what's the truth about that? Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, Julian is not working for anyone. Anyone who's ever met Julian, first of all, knows that this man does not take orders from anyone. He... I mean, I adore him completely, but he's a little bit stubborn. He's a little bit set in his ways. There's no way that he would ever, ever take orders from anyone. He's nobody's bitch. That's a thing. Um, but he's also adamantly denied that um, the leaks even came from a state actor. Um, and they've never shown anything that proves otherwise. They're, they're just like, oh, yeah, it is. And you're supposed to believe them. But... They've been lying to us for years. I mean, that that's one thing I understand. He has, um, you know, integrity where almost like you said, stubborn to the point where he's just 100% accuracy wouldn't didn't want to do anything. But in I mean, it's up to him. But I was thinking then 
kind of like with a lot of this stuff with the Trump and the Russia and now Trump going back and people are like, oh, Trump's going to hold these people accountable. I'm the type of person where I'm like, if you do it, you got to do it because, you know, with the leaks and stuff, I know obviously a lot of Trump supporters and Bernie supporters were speculating who leaked that and, and that it wasn't Russia. But I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't specifically disagree, but I'm like, someone's got to come with this info or else we're just going to be talking where Julian's like, I'm not going to say who it was. And they're like, I'm, I don't have any proof, obviously, of saying that it's Russia. So I'm like, is, can anyone? And I know maybe Julian doesn't want to do that. But I was thinking back then, the best way to really quash the, the debate would be to show you know, evidence. And um, that's for everything. I'm like, man, if you go at something, you got to just prove it or else we're running in circles for years. Well, the problem is that they want him to have to reveal a source. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's true really, but what what's happening is if he does reveal a source, nobody is ever going to take anything to WikiLeaks again. So it's going to shut down all the good that he's been doing, everything that he's worked so hard for. Um, he still doesn't even call Chelsea Manning a source, and Manning talks about it all the time. Mm. Um, he's never revealed a source, and that's why people trust him. That's why he gets these big leaks. That's why um, WikiLeaks has been so successful. He's never, ever, ever revealed a source. And if they force him to start doing that now, it's, they may as well just shut down WikiLeaks entirely, which is what we're trying to fight against. No, so he, not only 100% accuracy, but somebody that will take it to the grave. I mean, that shows true courage and true honor, and that's something that's that's missing in that world. So that's a great point. And uh, I always understood that. I was like, man, that shows a lot about his character, uh, almost to the point where it's like, man, we need help. But he's like, that's what I do. You know, I keep it real. Uh, on that, what's the what do you think the future of Julian Assange is, and uh, what can people do to help if they if they like him? Because for me, it's like I get it, the America's mad at him. He's he's a big player, but for sure, I mean, he's not stolen anything. He's not broken any law. And the messed up part about this is, it's not like they even they tried to frame him on that rape thing or whatever, and then it got dropped. But they they'll even admit that it's like they they just pressure pressure with these skeevy ways like cameras this that this that. But they know if you confront them about it, maybe Pompeo will be like, we got to get him. We got to get him for sure. But if you're like, all right, what crime did he commit? They they literally don't have one. So they almost can't do anything. But it seems like they're just trying to squeeze him into submission. So how can we help? And, and what's the future? Well, in 2012, there was a Stratford leak that discussed the charges, potential charges against him. And it seems like they're going to be focusing really heavily on the Espionage Act, some of which are terrorism charges. Um, so that's terrifying. But I'm not really sure what the future holds right now. Lenin Moreno, the president of Ecuador, who is doing all this, is going to be in Washington, D.C. next week. Um, I, of course, will be um, raising hell. <laughs> but I, I would love it if other people in D.C. or in the area would come out and protest him. Um, I'll be posting links to where he is constantly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, there's really... It's really up in the air what's going to happen right now. I mean, the UN, the Special Rapporteur for Torture, has come out against Ecuador, what they're doing, and has urged them not to try and expel him. Um, they're saying that would be a huge violation of asylum laws and human rights. But it's it's up in the air. We don't really know. They don't have to listen to the UN. They haven't been listening to the UN. The US has not been listening to the UN when it comes to WikiLeaks. So it's really up in the air. I mean, I recommend everybody fight. <coughs> Sorry, I'm sick from not sleeping. No, you're but, good. Yeah. Um, 
I recommend that everybody protest, fight, send letters um, to officials, hit up reporters and be like, you're you're hammering nails into your own coffin by not standing up for Julian because his he's like the canary in a coal mine. We're going to all lose our right to publish our free speech, our freedom of press if we don't stand up for him. This is going to set a really, really bad precedent and we need to fight and we need to remind other journalists to fight. Absolutely. With Pompeo, I know he's anti, like I've seen the stuff he was saying about it, where Trump on the campaign trail said WikiLeaks quite often. I mean, there's a compilation of it. My thought I is- WikiLeaks. What's that? He said, I love WikiLeaks. Oh, multiple. yeah. I know. I saw the compilation of it. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks because it helped him during the campaign where I know Pompeo's against it. I'm sure a lot of his advisors are. And my thought is, and I want to hear yours is, I'm like, I think if it was up to Trump himself, he would probably go easy on him. But they tried to frame this whole Russia thing on Trump. So what they do is they attack everybody around him. So it's like Roger Stone, Russia, Alex Jones, Russia. And then they Manafort going down, uh, you know, Flynn gone. So they try to scare everyone from being around Trump. And then they say, if you do that, now you look guilty. So I, I personally and I'm not not making excuses for him because there are things that Trump doesn't do. Like you said, I'm you're not a fan of Obama at all. But he didn't do that, which is is fair. But uh, I'm like, if he does that, they will try to raise hell to the nine millionth degree. And maybe Trump doesn't care. Maybe he'll come through. But I don't know. It's like Julian seems to be that. I'm not I'm not going to say toxic because he's the opposite. But it's like they're using him like that, where it's like if, if Trump said, hey, let's pardon Julian Assange, hell would raise loose. They'd, they'd bring the Russia stuff back because they falsely just like they do to Tulsi, call her like an Assad puppet or whatever, just because she has a different view in Syria. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Is it coming from Trump, Pompeo? Do you think that's fair or? Well, um, a lot of people have been like, oh, Trump will pardon him. Trump will keep him safe. I get that in my mentions constantly and it's just not true. Um, after Sessions announced that arresting Julian Assange was one of his top priorities, um, a reporter asked Trump about it and Trump said that he's okay with it. So. Yeah. It's pretty sad to me because Trump rails on and on about how much he hates fake news and the deep state and the swamp, but there's no publication that's been fighting the swamp and the deep state that Trump claims to be fighting than WikiLeaks. And if he wanted to stand up for real news instead of just trashing fake news, pardoning Julian Assange would be the way to do it. So I'm a little disappointed with him to be honest. No, I feel you. When when I liked Bernie, one of the most cowardly things he did is did nothing for the people who stood up for him, like n beyond nothing. Where Trump, uh, I follow Cernovich and he's a good guy. He's been a good good guy to me. Uh, he always says, and people get mad at him, but he's like, listen, Trump does almost nothing for all the people who stood up with him, like Flynn and others where he doesn't really do it. I get it that it's tough, but he takes on a lot of tough things. And with Assange, uh, I agree. And this is my big problem with a lot of these Trump movements, such as QAnon. I talked about it earlier. I don't mind what they're doing. I think it's awesome that they're researching and they're pumped up on this stuff. But what annoys me is they just kind of all sit back and say, it's all taking place. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen. But it's like things change because of what we do. Like you go and do something. You're That's what journalism is. You spread the message and people build up. If you have 50 million Trump supporters who are sitting back saying Trump's going to pardon Assange. Assange is in Argentina already. He's escaped on a tunnel. And I'm like sitting here with someone who just saw him last week in the embassy. 
I find that that's the big problem within the Trump movement. I'm not telling people to hate Trump or to turn against him because of a few things he did, but Trump is pragmatic. When he gets pressured on something or sees something on the TV, he's the only president who actually changes his mind. He's not a puppet, but he doesn't know this stuff. And and I feel like 80% of, especially with Assange, they're sitting back and just assuming that Trump's going to pardon him when it's it's not true. Yeah. I, I am constantly fighting with people about this on Twitter because they're like, just trust the plan. He's already out. And I'm like, no, I swear I've seen him. I speak to his mother daily. <laughs> I talk to his lawyers daily. Like he's in, if he gets out of there, I will know and I will be screaming. <laughs> so um, I get really frustrated about this as well. But yeah, the fact that people think that he's going to pardon him has made him complacent. And Trump does respond to pressure and he does respond to what his supporters are saying. So this QAnon stuff, it just disengages people and we need them to be engaged. We need them to pressure him and tweet at him and, and remind him of what he campaigned on and what he stands for. And um, I, I hope that people stop listening to that and, and put some pressure on Trump because he, he is a populist and he does pay attention. Yeah, that's the big thing I want people that are listening to realize. You can follow it if you want. I'm not knocking the information or the coding. Like, do your research, be pumped up. I'm not trying to knock because the people get very offended. But here's the truth about how the world works. Like a year ago, Candace Owens was making her first internet video. Then it blew up. Now she's in Congress. That has real life. That's because she's doing something. Whether you love it or don't like it or feel indifferent about it, that's how the world works. Like Cassandra is a journalist and she's doing stuff and that's shifting the world on some level, big, small, medium. We're all, so if there's millions of people who are just trusting the plan, that's, I, I don't disagree with what the plan is, but we actually have make a difference. So if, if the millions of people who trust the plan are just sitting there watching, just making trust sessions, don't trust sessions. No, he did that. He didn't do that. The truth is sessions did some cool stuff. He did some not cool stuff. Trump does a lot of really excellent stuff. Some stuff he doesn't. And some stuff he only did because people called him out on it. So the fact that one of the biggest movements of the Trump movement, and there's other aspects of it too, where they all just sit there and just make up these theories about everything that happens, you might be right, you might be wrong. But the truth is, if you're not actually doing anything, you're at you're wasting all of this momentum that we have. I even say that to liberals. Like you, Trump is pretty pragmatic. If you're not so mean and angry all the time, he might listen like Kim Kardashian's like, Hey, let's do prison reform. And he's like, all right, let's do it. You know, it's like, he's really that guy. Yeah, it's true. And I hope that people listen to that because it's so important. Um, I, we could really use some help. And I know Julian's mom gets very frustrated, especially with the QAnon stuff, because she thinks it's a CIA op. I'm not saying it is, but she, she's so frustrated because all these people who do care about her son and mean well are sitting back doing nothing and we need, we need help. <laughs> so. When they call, they call WikiLeaks fake where it's like, regardless of what you, you could say that WikiLeaks doesn't do what you would do or whatever. But the truth is WikiLeaks is a real publisher. Julian Assange is a real person. WikiLeaks put out information in the 2016, like that really happened. Like people attack Alex Jones. I'm not that bullish right now on everything Alex is doing, to be quite honest. But I understand that he's had an effect on the world. And now, you know, pro I don't knock like he was around during the 2016 election. Assange was around. During if you love Trump and you think Q is all about Trump, these people were there before Q. There would be no Q if Trump didn't win. These people were involved in that mix. So the fact that they attack Alex Jones, 
and some of my followers, you don't have to like Alex. You could call Michelle if you want. You can call. I don't care. But it's so crazy that someone like Julian Assange puts his life on the line. He's getting attacked from every angle from the deep state. And the same people who say they're fighting the deep state, all they do is fight everybody who actually has a real life impact. And their impact is waiting around, assuming that one person anonymously posting who very well could be someone very well could be just someone smart, you know, doing this thing. It's like, that's the point I'm trying to get through. You, I'm not going to go and say it's all fake. Like, yeah, you're doing real research, but how are you? They're all attacking. It seems like Alex Jones and WikiLeaks. Like those, those are not the top two targets. I don't care if you're a Trump supporter or you're a truther, like the movement's so goofy and I get heat for saying that, but it's true. And it, it's sad, especially Julian Assange put his life on the line in the embassy and then he gets thanks by getting attacked by truthers. It's gross. Yeah, I agree. But one good thing, um, while I was out there over the weekend, um, there were protesters from all across the political spectrum. Like, um, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sick. Um, there were pro-Brexit people who came by and held a protest outside the embassy. And then a little while later, there was socialists who came by and they held a protest. And then there were Ecuadorian citizens or Ecuadorian expats who came and held a protest. And everybody kind of like put it, all their differences aside and were chanting together and fighting together. And it was one of the coolest things I've seen in a really long time. That's that's awesome. I, I want to say this real quick and I'll give you one more thing. I know you want to run, you know, you got stuff to do today. So I'll let you close and let everyone know what they need to know. But I want to say on what you said about left and right coming together over Julian Assange, that's what it's really about. For Julian Assange, it's not a political issue. And even with America, I'm starting to talk to people and realize like the food industry is not changing. The drug and pharmacy industry is not really changing because we're talking about Jesse Smollett. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Bar sessions. It's all a giant waste of time. Left and right. Let's change the food industry. Let's change the medicine. Like, let's find these things like Assange that we can all get through. Because honestly, it's all a lie. And assuming that a politician or big government is going to solve these problems like health, it's not going to happen until we solve the root level. So uh, I wanted to say that on that note. And Cassandra, please let people know the, the last thing they need to know, where they can follow you and uh, how we can continue to support and share this message. Okay, so I'm Cassandra Rules on Twitter. Um, I write for Gateway Pundit. I've been writing a lot of updates there. Um, if you want to help, just follow what WikiLeaks is doing. Follow at Defend Assange. They have great information. They're posting regularly what's happening. Um, WikiLeaks Twitter account. Just share, share information. Um, urge people to care. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I would suggest people do if they want to help right now. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me. I appreciate the information and we'll stay in touch. I'll figure out what I could do. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here and uh, I'll upload this. So I'll make America debate again in the next few days on my podcast.